Okay, we're going to record today's podcast remotely for the first time ever. It's very exciting. There were some technical <laughs> glitches in the beginning, but I think we got this. Abby and Natalie will conquer. I heard I heard remote I podcasting. Heard that. that was good. So this, this might work. This might work. I think I would have had to die if we did Zoom. That would have just been <laughs> too yeah. depressing for me. I refuse to make a Zoom account. Like I will not do it. <laughs> I think that's a, a demonstration of incredible personal strength to refuse to make Thank you. to refuse to make a Zoom account. I am choosing to view it as, you know, personal strength and integrity and not just being a giant baby. <laughs> or refusing to comply <laughs> yeah. with what is necessary. I feel like we gotta start, as always, by tying up some loose ends. I told you go. I'd say that every time. A first loose end that is so important to tie up is that fans say that they want to be guests on the podcast. People want free clout. They want free clout, and I get it. I want clout, too. So I think in the coming weeks, we're going to feature a guest. Who knows what we'll talk about with them? We can ma'am them. They can ma'am us. We can ma'am the public together. (laughs) Who knows? Second, I feel like loose end is that last time we were recording, I was leaving in a day to go back to school. I have now successfully gotten back to school. I crossed the Canadian border. It was no issue as I have a student visa. Uh, I was very nervous about it though. And I am now in quarantine in my apartment that I have here. I can leave the house next Thursday. I've enjoyed being back. I'm spending a lot of time rewatching Pretty Little Liars on Canadian Netflix because Canadian Netflix has literally everything. Here's my connection to Pretty Little Liars. I have this very vivid memory of watching the premiere of Pretty Little Liars. When the first episode came out, it was like storming. We lost power and the TV glitched for a minute or two. And I was convinced that I had like missed the reveal So the episode ended and I was like, wait, I missed it. Who's A? The scene cut out. And then I was like trying to go online. I was like, what? My TV skipped. What? Like, what are all the news outlets saying? Like, who is saying it? Like, what's what's going on? And then I quickly realized after a couple more episodes, like, that's going to be the whole thing is that you don't know who it is. To have that happen in the middle of a Pretty Little Liars episode is terrifying because that show is already, it's already spooky. One of my roommates is actually quite afraid from it. She says it has too much crime. (laughs) It is a lot of crime. I mean, it's a Um, lot of crime. I feel like what's scary about it is maybe not so much that you feel like you're physically in danger, but just the paranoia of like constantly being watched by some unknown person at every given moment a has essentially made it their mission to haunt this group of like 15 year old girls like that was their decision it's like i'm gonna go to this high school and pick these four girls and Mm -hmm. just scare the absolute bejesus out of them but and and to what end you know (laughs) like really to what end but i'm really happy to say that i have that to fill my time right now there's also every single twilight movie and every single Harry Potter movie on Canadian Netflix. Can you believe it? Wow, that is a good It is a uh, sweet deal. Library of choices. Um, so I'm going to be extremely happy. So yeah, that brings us to today's theme, more or less, which is the back to school episode. I am going back to school 
Abby will not be going back to school as she has graduated. So I'm not going back to school. It's kind of sad, but I think that the blow has been softened by the fact that I hated being a student at Zoom University. Um, <laughs> again, do still love to say Zoom University, but did not enjoy the It's the only thing to say. Knowing that like I'm not really missing out on going back like I normally would have, doing all my activities and seeing all my friends in the same way I would have before, mm-hmm. I think has made that easier to sort of get used to. Yeah, Zoomio was just way too much for me. My tech experience was bad. bad. It's like hotspot and trying to have video of my classes and then like all of those root projects that my school loves to do were still happening basically so it was like remotely trying to have meetings with people I had one day where it was like my class kept cutting in and out I had three different group me's plan a meeting and all this stuff it was all happening at once and I just like lost it I was like this is too much I just want to not see a computer for a while so I had to like go outside and I had to like stomp around and go on a walk I was like I'm just gonna go scream into the woods because the technology (laughs) Technology is coming for my sanity. I'm going to scream into the forest now. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? Like with tech problems and in my opinion, there is nothing worse than a virtual meeting. That is like the perfect recipe for disaster, honestly. Yeah. How do you feel about starting a semester at ZoomU? Because I feel like, you know, ending a semester, you're like, okay, just get through the semester, get to summer. But now it's like, this is how everything is starting. (laughs) Does it feel more daunting? You know, Abby, I... There's a lot of adjectives I could use to describe it. And I like to consider myself a positive person. Yes, for sure. Um, you are. But I'm, I, I, I think daunting, terrifying, and upsetting mm. are words that I would use to describe this. Those um, are all bummer words. <laughs> those are, I was going to say, maybe I should be like, there's an opportunity to learn in a new way. Honestly, I feel like we're going to see how it goes. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe it's not going to be too bad. But I think the part that I'm most nervous for in complete honesty is A, the screen headaches. Because not only are you, you know, listening to classes online and doing all your studying and reading online, but I also don't have access to a printer. So I couldn't go and print some stuff off. But yeah, my, my second kind of fear is that my professors will kind of view this from the perspective of you should have gotten used to Zoom you by now. What, where else are you going to go? You have all this time to do all of your readings and all of your, all of your assignments you shouldn't be doing anything else because you shouldn't be going outside and that there's this concern that now that we have all the answers kind of at our fingertips at all times and we could theoretically cheat on things that you know exams and papers are going to be graded a lot more harshly than they otherwise would have so that's kind of my apprehension I don't think that's necessarily going to happen just kind of my fear but I'll be able to speak to that during our next episode most likely because my classes start next Wednesday so guess what we're going to be talking about next time that we're wrapping up loose ends yes next time we will wrap up some loose ends about the first week of zoom university (laughs) can't wait we're just gonna cut those ends right now so that they're loose for next time and we can wrap them up (laughs) oh my god what have i started (laughs) we gotta get more segments than just loose ends and the whole rest of the podcast (laughs) Um, I think when we have guests, that will be a segment. We had some other idea, but now I can't remember what it was anymore. I don't know either. The vast majority of the public right now will be attending classes in person. Can you believe it? I really can't. It should not be happening. (laughs) It should not be happening. I don't, I think I might've sent you these tweets, but there were a bunch of schools that had opened like two weeks ago that have already closed. This just confirms our theory 
that every school will be sending students home in about one month's time. Yeah, I thought it would be nice to kind of establish for everyone the differences in our, our school life and kind of our preferences for how we, you know, how we went through university, how we built our schedules, yada, yada. Abby, your college career, from my perspective, is defined by a series of group projects and different members yes. of said group projects. That is a very fair assessment. <laughs> my university is obsessed with group work. Literally obsessed. I mean, when I think back to all of the classes that I took, it's like I only remember classes where I didn't have a group project as opposed to the inverse of that. Because I would have a group project in a psych class. We would have a partner paper in a science class. Everything was groups or pairs or a mixture of you know, short-term pair project and then like a three-week-long group project. But so many of them, it was like the entire semester, first week, you get there, random assignment, you're in a group of five people, and then your final at the end of the semester is a group presentation with those same people. So how did you um, survive four years of, I, I would say, countless group projects? I think it was just trying to figure out how to be the the best type of person for each group. So obviously the dynamics in all of them have similarities, but they're also very different. And it was kind of one, let's have realistic expectations of like what needs to happen to get the grade that you want in this group project or in this class. Mm -hmm. And you cannot be the very meticulous dictator of three group projects at once and also be like a functioning person. So it was like, okay, let's figure out where you can kind of step back and trust other people. And then other times it was just like, absolutely, this is not a group where I can you know, <laughs> trust someone else. And thankfully, the semester when it felt like I had a million of them, one of my groups was really great. I had people in it that I trusted. I didn't have to, I didn't feel like I had to be the person like monitoring every comma and semicolon in the Google Doc. Right. And then there was one where we literally half of us were sitting at a meeting and someone didn't show up. And I was like, literally calling Chris on the phone or something. <laughs> and I was like, hi, why aren't you at the meeting? And he didn't answer <gasps> and then ghosted us for three days. And we were like, so you didn't come to that meeting you said you were going to come to and then you didn't talk to us. So you need to make the work cited page. And then he didn't. So we made it and he's lucky he got his name put on that project. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like at my school, if somebody did that, they would just get A, kicked out of the group, B, the worst possible peer evaluation of all time. Like it would be I, scathing. Yeah. I think my biggest problem with the group really was that the group evaluation component was very inconsistent. Some classes, it was a part of your grade and you would have to, you know, if it was a semester long project, there would be like a a team evaluation for each item that you turned in. Like, okay, this weekly report rank all of your team members on how much they contributed and how, you know, helpful they were or whatever. Mm -hmm. Other times it would be like, you know, you go the whole semester and then you give them a score out of like 10 and you're just like, okay, so I'm summing up four months of work by giving someone an eight. Or other times there was absolutely no prompting for group feedback. So basically if you wanted to say, hey, this person did nothing, you would have to go out of your way to go to the professor and be like, this person sucks. And then you just feel bad. And too many people that. would just be like, yeah, and then you feel bad. And too many people wanted to be like, 
they would complain, complain, complain about someone. And then on those group evaluations, they would be like, hey, everyone gets a 10. I'm like, that isn't going to work. Like, you can't, you don't need to trash someone, but you also don't need to be like, everyone was perfect. This is great because it's not true. And then if that bites you later and you're like, oh, I'm a 10th of a point away from getting my grade bumped up. And then you go to your professor and you're like, hey, listen, I basically did this whole team project by myself. Can you bump my grade? They're going to be like, hmm, that's interesting. Why did you say that all of your teammates were perfect little angels if that was not the case? It really. So I feel like it's just not a win. You have to walk the line. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you have to walk the line. You don't want to be like, they suck. I hated them because I think it's very rare that someone contributes nothing Mm -hmm. or like I have had people who have actively detracted from a group (laughs) situation I'm like it's honestly easier if you could just just sit for a second and I will own there have been meetings I was not helpful I was like I don't know what's going on I'm gonna format the page because the content I don't get it let me know when there's something I can help with I mean anyways that's a lot of discussion (laughs) about group projects you want to talk about not having something productive to contribute. Imagine me in my statistical modeling coding group project of last semester, where I just basically said, I will write the entire paper for this entire group doing essentially every single thing, as long as you don't make me touch the code, because it will be (laughs) to literally all of our detriments if I am allowed near the program R for this purpose. Oh, it was... (laughs) And then we had to do this like Zoom presentation on our work and explain the data and explain what we did to the data. And obviously, I don't know what the heck is going on with the data. I'm like, I don't even know where we got this data from. My biggest night, the professor would look at me and be like, Natalie, do you want to go ahead and explain this equation to us that's on your poster? And I decided if that happened, I would have to feign technical difficulties and just shut my computer. (laughs) I would not be able to answer those questions. But R is no joke. R is no joke. R is, I have like a lot of strong feelings about R and other statistics programs and they are not positive in nature to put it mildly. I showed up for my first day of lab (laughs) at my psych class abroad. Good God, (laughs) a lab. And I get there and this class that I'm in didn't, you didn't have to take the first part, but it was kind of like, I went in the spring and the fall class was like part one and the spring was part two. So they were paired, but like I was allowed to take this class Mm -hmm. having not taken the first part. So I show up to the first day of lab and they're like, okay, we're going to go over all of your lab stuff from last semester. They were talking about all of these programs that they were running and the assignments. And I was like, hmm, I've done none of that. And one of the people who was leading it was like, hmm, so I think what would be the best thing for you to do is that you should go look at all of the programs that we did last semester and those projects and modules and you should run through all of those. No. And then you can start doing these ones. (laughs) And I was like, wait, so I have to do those for a grade to get to like be caught up and she's like well no it wouldn't be for your grade it would just be so you could know what's going on and I like left that class and immediately was like how do I get out of this and I (laughs) thankfully found a way to like take the class without the lab component I was 
absolutely terrified. I mean, there's just no way that was going to happen. You know, there absolutely not. Especially not when I'm like on my semester abroad. I was like, I am not going to go do a semester of work to catch up to do this semester's work. No, semester abroad is where you get to be goofy. That's not, (laughs) that's not consistent with the goofy theme. Oh, that would be so bad. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like though that the, the, the group project, you know, hustle and bustle describes generally to bring us back to the theme um Mm -hmm. it generally describes your kind of experience in school pretty well in contrast to you I would say we have almost no group projects literally ever and (laughs) instead just have these final exams that are let me paint the picture for you the semester will end and then you'll have one week before your final start and say you're taking five classes it would be extremely typical for your finals to be between 50 to 75% of your grade. And it will cover the entire semester's worth of material, not just past the midterm. There's no multiple choice. Like the exams are almost always long essay format. So you could choose between five very specific prompts and have to do two of them. And that's the final exam. In order to prepare for that, like you literally have to know everything because anything could be on a question, you know, and most questions will have you compare two to three different things from class. So you you really don't have the option to not know something. And so you have, you know, five of those exams within two weeks, all of the students here are herded up to the field house where they have like a thousand something seats in there. And you just walk to your little section and take your exam for three hours. And if you want to go to the bathroom, it comes to get you and you can't Put your jacket on your chair for some reason. It has to go on the <laughs> dirty gym floor, which I have been in trouble for numerous times. And one time, my rooster alarm clock went off just as an exam begun, and that was embarrassing for obvious reasons. But then you have to be like, no, I'm not cheating. My alarm went off because this exam started at 8.30 in the morning, and I forgot to turn off my 9.15 alarm. I'm so sorry. Don't kick me out of the school. So that's... <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> the, the final season here, I feel like just like it, it's a time warp. You enter it, you know, a young 20 something, you leave it 65 yeah. years old. And then you come oh back God. for the winter semester, which is like after a two week break, essentially. And you're like, I'm ready to start it all over again. So I feel like by the end of the year, I, also, I always kind of feel like an old woman deep inside. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is that I'm, I'm not sure if this is the same for you, but I feel like I try to start my semester really strong, which I imagine most people do, you know, with creating a reading schedule and writing down all your assignments and your exams and your papers in a planner and you're like, this is the semester that I am not going to miss a reading. This is the semester I'm going to show up to every seminar prepared and then October hits and you're like it's time to reevaluate and make more realistic expectations for myself I don't know if that's (laughs) I don't know if that's also you but that's how I feel typically two months into the year oh I mean I would say for sure for me like the first week or two it's such a task to me that I'm like I need to get all my syllabi and put all of those dates in a calendar even though they're inevitably going to change because I lived and breathed by my outlook calendar and I always wanted to make sure I knew what my schedule really was because you know at the drop of a hat you would have to plan 
a group meeting Mm -hmm. in three classes in a day. So it's like, I need to know what my availability is. And I need to know what it is kind of like long term, because I want to set a group meeting time. That's like, okay, we're meeting Mondays at 515. Hopefully, like we could just be like, we're always going to meet in the library, somebody will book a library room, and it will just be that. And maybe some weeks we don't need it. But as a default, like everyone keep this time available for this, because otherwise, it's going to be a nightmare to schedule something last minute so I was just very much attached to my Outlook calendar and my color codes of like blue means class green means I'm at work yellow means this is a group meeting but everything was in that calendar oh yeah that was me with google calendar I feel there's something so satisfying at at the end of the day being like I have completed all of these different tasks although your color coding is very on brand for you mine I just picked a new color (laughs) for each thing and was like today I want this to be in yellow and no. <laughs> and oh was, my god there was no that gives me so much stress no rhyme or reason behind literally any of it I always had in my mind color association with folders for my different types of classes since spirals in like middle school red is math red green is, is my science math. notebook blue is writing or English class but I always have like such a strong idea of like what colors go with which subject there has been so much discourse on twitter about that too like what what color corresponds to which subject i don't i honestly don't care what color goes with what as long as red is always with math because red in the natural world signifies fear and danger and pain Mm -hmm. and i think well i would agree i agree exactly that's always my red This year, red is for my Russian class because as much as I love learning that language, it also is dangerous and occasionally painful. (laughs) So I have to, I have to just let my brain know that that's going to, you know, be the case. There's also, this is kind of a side note, but there's also some recent Twitter discourse about which time of day are you and which multiplication table are you or which day or time of day corresponds to which multiplication table. Isn't that fun? I have completely missed that discussion. I, I was going to say, my I don't know where you were for this, but like Tuesday was always like a seven times three, I think, which in my mind fits <laughs> perfectly with Tuesday. <laughs> I remember seeing like a week or two ago something about October is 7 p.m. And I was like, yes, yes that's true. <laughs> but I haven't seen anything beyond that. What would July be? For the listeners, Abby and I both think that July is... A, the worst, and B, the most chaotic month of the year. I would also add, though, that... Because it's true. I hate March equally. But July just has a, a I don't, whole other plane of energy. I don't have that strong of feelings about March. July. I don't know. I'm really just thinking about how October is the number 8 and 7 p.m. For sure. Well, it's the eight month, eighth month of the year. That was dumb. Of course it's No, eight. it's the 10th month um, of the year. Oh, my God. <laughs> Abby, we oh, are living ma'am. in the 8th month of the year. That's August. <laughs> Why did I think that? Oh my god. Okay. I want to cut that part of the podcast out, but I know I can't. To jump back to something you said 20,000 years ago, when you mentioned that your school, like you had to book little library rooms. This reminds Uh me of a little story I want to share with the people. I want to preface this by saying... I think this was a lot funnier when I was being told it in real time. And I can't do the story justice at all, but it does involve the library and school study culture, I would say. My my school, one of the libraries, which is now closed because it has asbestos. Ooh. <laughs> 
Ma'am, did I study? Get that taken care of. <laughs> did I study there almost every day for years? Yes, I did. So the library that has asbestos. Ooh, you may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> I better be entitled to compensation. Um, this library is kind of like the antics library. Like there is always something extremely weird happening here. I liked it because this was where like the science students went. So you would never look over at your neighbor's computer and see you know, something for me, political science related. I did not want to be around it. I was around science and math and I was like, they're doing whatever, but I'm just in my own little zone. I would always go mm-hmm. to the top floor of this library, which you would have to probably arrive at by seven in the morning during finals to get a seat. There was no real saving of seats for people. Like if you were going to save a seat, you have to have that person there by 830. Otherwise people will just stare at that pile of books and that jacket you put on the table put them on the floor and claim the space for themselves. That's aggressive. What other antics did we have here? There was the boy that showed up with his cape and wooden sword every single day for a while. Mm. He had different cape colors, though. Would he do anything other than walk around with the cape and wooden sword? No, he did. Like, would he do work? He he did work. Yeah, so he would, you know, go sit down with his cape, put his wooden sword on his desk, and then just go about his day. There would not have been a wooden sword allowed into the library (laughs) at my school and we have we just had the one library there would have been no sword antics there absolutely not anything flies in this library there was a lady once who arrived opened her backpack pulled out a big mac a filet fish uh chicken nuggets more chicken nuggets sat them on her desk Did not open a laptop, did, like didn't watch anything, didn't open a single book, like just sat there eating her, you know, however many McDonald's meals she had. Was She was all done, packed up her stuff, out of there. She was like, the library is my cafeteria seat for today. She just needed a spot to sit. Which like, yeah, we've all been, we've there. been there. So that's kind of the vibe of what happens here. A lot of people will bring like blankets and tea kettles and toothbrushes and occasionally the mattress. Like everyone's pulling their all-nighters <sighs> here. Which brings me oh my God. to the thesis of my story, which is that one of my roommates uh, or housemates, I guess you should say during my sophomore year, was a, I think like a microbiology major. I'm not sure, but she did science and she was very impressive. There was one class that she had and she had not attended a single lecture for the entire year because science lectures are recorded. She had not listened to a recording for the entire year. She had essentially not participated in this class until two days before the final exam. Like say the finals on Friday. (laughs) Finals on Friday. It's a Wednesday. And she's like That's dangerous. Oh, this is entering like major danger territory. But she was like, Well, okay, I suppose I will learn now. So she packs up for herself a little toothbrush, a little face wash, probably her contacts, you know, probably makes a little run to Tim Hortons, has a blanket, has a tea kettle and some cups, marches up to the library, sits her butt down, watches some, you know, 40 lectures back to back to back to back. I think she threw up at one point too, she said, because her- that is, oh my God, ma'am, that's like hours. I don't even know if she, there would have been time, like, if you have a 15-week semester and you have multiple lectures a week. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's more than a day of videos. It was literally more than a day of videos. And she just watched oh them. And that's just watching it. That's not even studying it. She just took the notes during it, watched every single lecture. She she did tell me she threw up at one point, went to the bathroom, brushed her teeth, came right back, kept doing it. Maybe she took a little 20-minute nap, you know, sometime in this. And then at the end of the lecture, she packed up her bag headed straight to the exam room, took the exam, (laughs) came home, 
slept probably 48 hours in a row and got an A in the class. Is that not the most impressive yet scary thing? I could not. I couldn't because of the screen, I think. That long trying to retain information coming from a a blue light screen, I think would be the end of me. That's wild. I know. That's the culture at this school is just crazy study grind sessions. One of my friends during my first year, I think stayed in the library for four consecutive days and nights. Like he just never left and would pull, you know, an all nighter sleep for like four hours at his desk and then wake up again and just keep doing his work. Sir, this is not (laughs) like a three day weekend at the library. (laughs) Can you imagine? You're just you know, at your apartment, you look at your roommates and you're like, all right, I'm headed out for a long weekend. Um, I'll be back. Yeah, I'm packing a bag. <laughs> See ya. My one library that had two floors, they would be open 24 hours for finals week. It was just one week. But there, it was not open all the time like this, like just during mm-hmm. the year. But if you got into one of the academic buildings and you didn't leave, you would could get like the doors would lock, but you could be inside and no janitor was going to come like kick you out. So I had some late nights like writing on a whiteboard in a classroom. But I think the latest I was ever at the library, I had a 430 moment at the library. Oh, once. gross. It was that was I think the worst. I've been up later than that, but not outside of my my room. But yeah, I had a 430 moment at the library. My housing was in campus housing, but sort of like distance, right? It was like half a mile away from like the main campus. Mm -hmm. And usually there's like a little bus that I would just take back and forth, but it's not running at 4.30 in the morning. So I was like, yeah, (laughs) how dare they? So I was like, well, I'm not going to walk along the side of the road because it wouldn't be, it wasn't like walking across a campus. It was like you were leaving a campus area to walk in public along this busy road. So I was like, "Mm, no. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get an Uber for this like three quarters of a mile. Mm -hmm. Well, I tried to get an Uber and it canceled on me. And I was like, oh, great occasionally I have gotten rides from campus police to my room before Ooh, and yeah well like one time I was just like standing outside the library and it was like 1 30 or something and they're like are you okay I'm like yeah I'm just trying to get back to my apartment they're like oh okay well we can drive you to and I was like okay great thanks so I'd done this before so I knew it was an option mm-hmm. that's so nice of them I know it's usually like if they have nothing to do which they don't have anything <laughs> to do at all ever literally nothing <laughs> What could they possibly have to do there? Well, one of them has these two little dogs that he has to walk around campus for everyone to see. <laughs> so he has to take himself out in the student center. Don't get me wrong. That's a great service. Thanks for bringing the dogs. But they never have anything to do. I got a ride. I don't remember if I asked that time or if someone just like saw me standing in front of the library at 4.30 in the morning. They were like, oh, you're really up late. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's finals they're like where were you I was like in the library I get that they are doing me an act of kindness but he this man was really trying to have a conversation with me at 4 30 in the that's morning not... and it's like this is max a four minute ride please just can I just have my brain self-destruct <laughs> I cannot communicate with you right now and I was like oh I was in the library he goes, the library closes at two I was like no no it's open all night for finals he goes oh okay like he didn't believe me I was like shouldn't you know that 
I feel like that's... Are you supposed to be monitoring campus? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's kind of that person's job to know that that is, you know, the reality. Yeah. There are those moments too. Only... I feel like when you've studied for so long and you're like, I am literally incapable of conversing with people right now. I, I think yeah. I've offended people One... probably because I'm like, I-, I just can't speak to you for the next 48 hours. I'm sorry. Yeah. I really like what you said like 20 seconds ago when you were like, I just wanted my brain to self-destruct. <laughs> I said that in conversation, like something similar in conversation with one of my roommates last night. She was like, they were like, they were talking amongst themselves and I was completely zoning out and just like looking off in space. And she's like, are you, are you okay? And I was like, oh yeah, my brain's just on fire. Like, don't worry about me. And then she's like, oh my God, like what's wrong? Like, do you need, do you need to talk? And I was like, this is so sweet of you. I so appreciate your concern. It like I don't mean this in a bad way my brain is just it, it just needs to self-destruct right now exactly what you said yeah. <laughs> like me to call back to episode one we just have mashed potato brain going yes. on yes unfortunately I have to say someone said galaxy brain yesterday and I understood oh. the reference because of you and I made a whole show of it oh my influence I was like aha <laughs> I know what galaxy brain means <laughs> My friend Abby taught it to me. <laughs> but I think that if I start saying these things around people, they are going to become concerned. If I throw in like, I've got mashed potato brain, my brain is short circuiting. People will start to be like, oh, are you okay? You know, is everything all right? Like, do you need to talk? And I'm like, straight up, I'm totally good. It's just the world we're living in right now. So speaking of, of crazy studying, I think that there's kind of the flip side of it, which is occasionally just finessing your way through the semester. I've done it a bit. And how did, how did that go yeah. for you? So when I was abroad, I think everyone kind of assumes when you have a semester abroad, you call it a semester abroad and you don't call it study abroad. And that oh, is yeah. for a reason. <laughs> Because the studying is very much on the back burner. As it should. Like I said, I very thankfully figured out how to get myself out of that psych lab. Because I was like, I'm not doing our statistical analysis Uh while I'm enjoying the Scottish countryside. (laughs) Absolutely not. Another thing that I was like, "Mm, I will not be partaking in is reading everything that was assigned to me for my literature class. We were supposed to read basically a novel a week. Nope. And then on top of that, you were supposed to read all of this stuff that you know analyze the imagery and the word choice and all this and I was just like "Eh, (laughs) I'm good there were just frequently times where I read maybe a third of the book and then I would go to my lecture well I would have lectures with like a huge hundred plus people which I was not used to because at my school my biggest class was like 35 people then they would just lecture and they would just talk at you and I was like I never have to say anything I don't even have to turn to the person next to me and pretend like we care about saying you know I really found chapter three to be really like, no, there was none of that. (laughs) Some, it wasn't even professors. It was just, they would call them lecturers. It would be like one random person would show up. They would talk about animal imagery and Robinson Crusoe. And then I would never see them again. So I was like, sure, this is interesting, but I'm not retaining any of this. And I'm not learning skills to analyze for those details myself. You just told me about all the animal imagery and all the pages it's on. So I'll just jot that down in the PowerPoint and I'll study that, you know, all of your friends in four months right before the exam. Oh, absolutely. There's really no other way to do it, I've got to say. So frequently I would not read the whole book or sometimes I would have basically just read the spark note. That was fine for a lecture. But when I had to go to seminar, that was only 12 people. 
or 10 or 12 people with a TA. And I loved my TA, but not enough to read those whole books. She would ask us prompting questions and basically take a tally mark of every time everyone talked. So you had to say something. I distinctly remember the week we were supposed to read Great Expectations. I had read very little of it, but I really made a note in my mind. I was like, this was released in serial installment. That was what I was going to find a way to talk about. I went into it with a plan of like, here's two or three options. And this is what I will say. So I was like, that was so interesting. I think it really shaped how the book was written, blah, 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 the structure of the chapters, and the way that the story progressed and da, 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 da. Honestly, that's, it a, that's a good insight. Chunks. Thank you. <laughs> I somehow made that into a discussion about Netflix and podcasts. Which everyone is going to be all over. You have any chance yeah. to turn a seminar discussion into something not about the topic and people are going cuckoo bananas over it. Exactly. I was like a savior to these people. I was like, <laughs> let's talk about modern methods of storytelling and how that's affected. I was like, now we binge watch. What does that mean versus a serial installment once every fortnight? And people went nuts over it. We completely redirected the conversation. Absolutely. And I was, I walked out of there. I was like, hmm, job done for the day. <laughs> you literally scammed um, your way through it. Oh, 100%. I scammed that seminar. But the problem was TA was like, oh, look. Here's this study abroad student who is always active in our discussions because I would try to be as active as I could to hide that I knew as little as possible. Obviously. So I was like, I'm just going to keep talking about whatever I can say, because if I get asked a direct question about something, I'm going to not know the answer. <laughs> so I went to her office hours one day because I was like, I don't know how Scottish writing rules work. And I was saying I didn't understand the grading or whatever. And she was like, oh, it's so great that you've come to office hours. We don't usually get students coming to office hours. And I was like, oh, geez, now I'm sticking out. And you're so active in our class discussions. Would you like to be our class rep? And then all of a sudden, I found myself at a two hour student training meeting. And then I was at a meeting with the people who were planning this course. And they were like, what books should we include next year? Should we change the reading list? Should we change the order? What lecturers would you like to see? And I was just there like, um, I have a lot of opinions, but my understanding of this academic structure is completely different. <laughs> and I fully participated in that discussion. Don't know if what I said was helpful, but I said it. And and you know what, what matters is that you did not foresee this as a, a roadblock. You were like, I am comfortable knowing zero information and I'm going to go right in there anyways and I'm going to do it. I think somehow my brand of being very willing to criticize and vocally discuss my problems with an academic institution translated chef's kiss abroad. <laughs> I was going to say it's kind of perfect. You could literally be representative yeah. of anything that you wanted to because that would go over so well. Like you were, you would be able to do that flawlessly in my opinion. Thank I know we you. thought that was a man moment, but I just think at the end of the day that highlights your skills. Thank you. It can be one of those rare ma'ams where we're like, actually like, oh, wow, you handled that very like well. A, like a ma'am. Like I'm surprised. Yeah. That, that could have been a ma'am, but it turned out good. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at you. No, I think that's good. I think that's all we have to say about back to school. We'll be back with a new episode soon. We're not going to commit to a recording schedule, but soon. This is, this is laissez-faire. No, it's not laissez-faire. <laughs> You just want to prove you learned literally anything in that economics class. Abby, I don't really know what laissez-faire means besides hands-off economics. I don't know how it applies. I think that would be a great little thing to have us have fade out at the end. 
Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. That is exactly how we're going to end. <laughs> okay. <laughs>